History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. America and happy Monday. Now, folks, we got a great show for you. Kicking us off at the top of the hour, Andy Biggs, Congressman from Arizona. He just announced a joint investigation with Congresswoman McLean in Congress to look at what's been going on at the FDIC, one of the most important bank regulators in America. Unbelievable, toxic, unthinkable behavior, sexual harassment, all sorts of bad things going on. And it isn't just bureaucrats acting badly. This has a downstream consequence to you and me, to anyone who uses a bank. Congressman Biggs is going to react to that, as well as the decision to release those important video footages. Speaker Johnson going to give us the entire bundle of 40,000 hours of January 6th video footage. That's an important act of transparency that we'll all benefit from. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly in there. But transparency is the best way to overcome the doubts and concerns we still have. In the second half of the show, I've got a great guest. Every year, in conjunction with Cato, he puts together a really important guide to the freest in least free states in America. No surprise at the top there. Florida does pretty well, right? And New Hampshire does pretty well. At the bottom, New York, the Empire State. Yeah, the state that gives us the Big Apple. Now, the least free state in America. Joining us in the back half of the show, really great conversation with William Roger, president of the American Institute for Economic Research, and his take on the freest and least free states in America. He just assembled the most important list for 2023. All right, folks, we'll be right back with Andy Biggs right after this commercial break. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home 
and it's vital. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary Home Title Lock protection free. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at HomeTitleLock.com. Go there today. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I know you're thinking it's a holiday week. What, what can we possibly do on a holiday week? Well, I got a big guest for a holiday week. Joining me right now from the great state of Arizona, a man on the front lines of so many of the most important battles in Washington and in this country, Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Hey, John, it's good to be with you. Great to be with you. It's good to be with you. And I want to wish you an early happy Thanksgiving. You've been working pretty darn hard the last few months. I know it's probably going to be fun to have some family time, but you never stop working. A lot going on behind the scenes. Tell us what you think could happen over the next few weeks as Congress retools. There's a couple of things that I think are important for people to be aware of. Um, obviously, we're going to keep going with the investigations. We're going to have to work again also on the on the funding and the budgeting. Um, and there's a lot of things to go into that. But but one thing that is really critical going on right now, John, is the is the FISA reauthorization, which is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. And um, I've been on a task force, and we've we've put together some really solid recommendations. You've also got the Lee Wyden Davidson Lofgren bill out there, which I think is a is a good bill. But some of the things that we we have would actually uh, improve that bill. So. We're going to get ready to to go on that as soon as we can get back in session. Yeah, that's so important. And what's interesting is that Democrats and Republicans have a lot of common ground on this. They both realize the time has come for change. How important is it that you know in a town where often people are dug into their two foxholes that there's a lot of uh, cross pollination? And a lot of people credit you for reaching across the aisle and having these conversations. But this is a big moment where you know something long term could be accomplished here. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, look, both sides of the aisle have been victims of abuses of the weaponization of the of the FISA uh, Act. So where so where they have the surveillance, so they can look at you and they can come after you and, and spy on you. And 
Um, that's we've seen that, and both both sides of uh, of the aisle have uh, uh, been victims of it. So they they want the same thing we want. So there are still civil libertarians in the Democrat Party, and uh, they've joined with us. And we think that we're going to get a uh, a meaningful uh, set of reforms in there that protect Americans' rights and and take us back to the Constitution. Let's I mean let's just face it. Why why does uh, the FBI and NSA and some of these others think that they have the authority to spy or search Americans' private uh, papers without a warrant? Um, and, and so we're getting back to that. It's kind of a head-scratcher. Yeah. Yeah, it is. that It's just been allowed to evolve for so long and almost with impunity. Do you think the likely final bill, the one that passes, will include some form of court review for an American whose phone records is being targeted? Yeah. So we've we've got all kinds of measures in there to protect. We also have punitive measures against those who would abuse it uh, in the government. Uh, we also reduce the number. Right right now, most people don't realize it. It's, it's in the number of thousands of people who, who claim this authority under the federal government. And uh, we get, we're going to reduce that down to, um, you know, for instance, the FBI, just, uh, you know, several dozen. So that's, that, that should help as well. So that's fascinating. So, so many people had ability to do this, right? And shrinking that down obviously shrinks the possibility of abuse by a lot, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does. And we're also trying, if we're successful on this, we're going to get more oversight by uh, members of Congress. So, so not only do you have a fewer number of people who can do this, you also have um, direct oversight by uh, some designated members of Congress to make sure that that this doesn't get out of hand again. And that's that, that's really you know you got to protect the country for sure, but you also have to recognize we are a free republic, and you you know sometimes you give up a little bit of security to maintain a, a maximum amount of freedom. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an important concept. And I think over the last few years, it probably got lost in all of the other things going on in the country. But that trade-off is so, and that balance is so important. I want to turn to the decision by Speaker Johnson to release the 40,000 hours eventually of tape for the security of January 6th. I've worked on this a lot, and I've put out what I was able to get access to under the conditions that Speaker McCarthy gave us. But we got a lot out there, but this seems like an extraordinary moment. And there's good, there's bad, there's ugly but at least there's going to be complete transparency. How important is that? Well, I, first of all, I want to just, if your listeners don't know that, that you, John Solomon, you've been uh, a leader in, in trying to get the, these uh, videos out. And so I, I tip my hat to you. And, and, um, and I, I, w- I will also tell you that it, this is absolutely critical. I mean, uh, I was one of the few members that went over. I spent many hours going over to the the location that they would give access to us. And so I watched a lot of tape and um, you, you, you will see everything like you just said, you're going to see good, bad, ugly. You're going to see, uh, uh, you're going to see some, some people be knuckleheads and, and commit criminal acts. And you're going to see other people that, that are just wandering. Uh, resp- and I, and I want to say, I mean this, because I think some of them actually were very respectful of the building and what was going on. Um, and, you know, but we've seen disparate treatment. We've seen, you know, like the, the guy with the, 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 you know, horns on his head, Shanley, uh, the shaman or whatever they're calling him. He ends up, he ends up getting four years in prison. And if you watch him, he is, he's walking peacefully through. 
He's basically escorted by a police officer all the way through. Uh, others are walking. They're staying literally between the, the red ropes in the, in the Capitol. Uh, and then you have others that were violent, I mean, and committing acts of violence. You're going to see, and, and I really believe this, I'm hopeful that the crowdsourcing, as, as these, these uh, videos come out, that the crowdsourcing will help us identify uh, bad actors. Uh, the FBI has never told us the number of, of uh, human uh, resources they had deployed there that day. So I'm hoping we this all begins to become more transparent because I do believe with transparency we'll know that there were some bad actors they got taken care of. There were uh, the the um, the FBI had some bad actors. Nancy Pelosi didn't take care of her business the way she was supposed to. We will find out enough so that we can get the truth and people will feel. I think people will feel uh, they'll feel the need for reforms, but they'll also feel better. Uh, about understanding what went on. And then some of these people that have been railroaded, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, they'll have an opportunity, I hope, to have uh, their their lives uh, uh, remade. Yeah, so important. So important to get in that. There's just, there was such a singular narrative to an event that was so much more complex. The Democrats really deserve the public, but now we're getting the layers of complexity because of this transparency. It's it's an amazing thing. And I know how much you worked day in and day out to go see these things, get things exposed, and also create a culture because Congress was kind of predisposed not to put this out. But I think you helped create a culture that made people more and more comfortable that this could be done responsibly and that its benefit to the public outweighed any concerns. And you deserve a lot of credit for that because that, that's a hard culture to change in Congress. I want to turn to something else that's just as important and screaming down. We had a story on Friday kind of explains how Hunter Biden has lived since his foreign money dried up. Kevin Morris, $5.3 million in loans that he gave to Hunter Biden since 2020, since Joe Biden began running for the presidency. They don't come due until after the 2024 election. The idea that Hunter Biden just keeps falling into money and not small money, it's millions of dollars. How important a dynamic is that? And what do you think the impeachment inquiry is about to pivot to? Um, again, uh, tip my hat to you because you've been reporting about this all along. Uh, I, I will. I want to make clear so people understand that the use of loans by the Biden family is pervasive, and it's done to avoid tax liability. It's done to uh, launder money and hide uh, criminal uh, misconduct. So, so again, to see that Hunter Biden. Walks out and then he starts st- staying at a what it, what was a twenty thirty thousand dollar a month uh, mansion in Malibu, um, which is a beautiful area of Southern California, and it's being paid for through these loans. Um, and the timing is always bizarre as well. So you see these loans in this in this particular case they're tied up with um, the campaign of Joe Biden to be president of the United States. And um, I thought the judge had it right. Uh, the judge's comments on why we need to know why these loans were made when the judge said, look, if someone were to lend me a bunch of money, it would be important for to know why they're, they're lending this money. And I think that is, that's part of where we're going. We continue to go. We, we believe a lot of this is going to lead right back to Joe Biden, which I, 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 I've already seen, in my opinion, it, it does very clearly. But beyond that, that when you start looking at the why this Kevin Morse guy is lending money to, to Hunter Biden, 
are you, are you serious? It's just, uh, you know, we happen to meet this guy at a, at a couple of cocktail parties or something like that, and I'm decide I'm going to lend him money. That's the absurdity of it. It's as absurd as Hunter Biden making over a million dollars in selling his paintings. I mean, uh, and and then one of the purchasers getting a, a plush job in, uh, on a commission for for the Biden administration. These are the oddities that are out there that we have to keep exposing. Yeah, no doubt. The oddities are becoming more and more frequent as these subpoenas and the uh, compliance begins to go up. I think we're getting a real sense of how the family operated. And that's going to be good for the American people because they were deprived that chance in 2020. Everything you asked about this was a conspiracy theory back then. Now we know it's truth. It's so important. One last thing I'd like to turn to, because, again, proof that you never stop working. You're always on top of something. You and uh, Congresswoman McLean have opened a very important investigation into the toxic workplace culture at the FDIC. This is based on some great work by The Wall Street Journal, did some really great investigative reporting, but pretty serious situation in a very influential federal agency. Yeah, that's right. So so the allegations are, are serious and they're pervasive. And they deal with uh, basically um, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and and so uh, we're we're we took what we had learned from from the Wall Street Journal um, because that was a break, uh, and we said, look, look, we gotta we gotta get to the bottom of this. We sit on the oversight committee, and so that's 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 where we went. I mean, we got we gotta find this stuff out, um, and we so we sent the letter, and. Uh, it just went out, and we we have uh, a need to get this. I mean, you have you have uh, some some bank examiners, uh, you know, sending just vile pictures and 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 putting pressure on these individuals. Almost unthinkable in the 21st century, right? It's on the 21st century. I know. It's just you just said yourself, who is nutty enough to do that? I mean, you got to because you have to be um, sick, crazy, or just evil to do it, and so. We've sent a, a letter um, trying to get to the bottom of of what's going on there. So I I'm, I sit on oversight, and, and Lisa sits on uh, Lisa, uh, Lisa Representative McLean sits on uh, the subcommittee on healthcare, so and financial services workforce. So we're trying to get to the bottom of that, and we're not going to let this go. Um, the the FBI Inspector General um, he told you know told us a couple of years ago, three years ago, that there what there was not a program in place to stop uh, uh, sexual harassment. And so now you see what we have. We've got a major problem. Yeah, now it is. Do you think the chairman, Martin Grunberg, should step down? I need to know what he knew when he knew it. Reasonable request to know first, right? Right. And if he's, you know, if, if he knew something and did, allowed it to continue, then yes, he needs to be removed. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's what we need to find out. When did he know it, right? What, what did he know and when did he know it? That age old question. Last quick question. The, the FDIC has so much responsibility when you have an environment like this. It isn't just the politicians and other people that are at risk. This agency does so much to protect American investors and, and, and bank holders and people having accounts that, you know, this environment could actually put the, the general public at risk, right? By someone's in black mailed or someone's uh, there, there's a lot here that actually trickles down to everyday americans this is bad for the entire country when this toxic environment existed right yeah that's yeah that's exactly right so so on one hand you've got this you might say well this seems seems compartmentalized you know is horrific behavior but why why does it matter it matters because the fdic is making um 
decisions on whether to keep a bank or save, uh, you know, uh, open or closed, for instance, um, uh, how, to, how to take care of, of the uh, stability of our banking system. And if you've got a bunch of nuts and knuckleheads running in there, uh, running around, um, obsessed with, uh, uh, you know, misconduct, then you have the potential for large-scale errors that would, would have an effect into our economy and, uh, and our financial system. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. That's why what you did with Congresswoman McLean is so important. It's good to see someone jumping in and getting the investigation started. It's going to be an important one. Sir, it's always a great honor to have you on the show. I always enjoy watching you in action. And I know uh, a couple of days after Thanksgiving, you'll be right back in action again. Great to have you on the show today. Thanks, John. Thank you. Again, have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, sir. It means a lot. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, William Ruger, president of the American Institute for Economic Research, he's going to join us. But before we do that, a big shout out to my good friends at Factor Meals. As you know, I've been losing weight, feeling better, eating healthier. Part of the ability to do that is sometimes when I'm too busy, I don't have to chop, prep, and clean and shop for healthy food. I just go into the refrigerator, take one of my incredible Factor Meals, it's ready in two minutes. And here's the thing. It's not a frozen meal. It's fresh. It's dietitian approved. It is chef prepared. It tastes great. And it's got all the healthy arrangement that I need to lose weight and to have a better lifestyle. If you want convenience and healthy lifestyle, go check out my amazing friends at Factor Meals. Go to factormeals.com slash justnews50. The reason you want to use that URL, you're going to get 50% off half off your order. Well, of course, you got to use the promo code justnews50 when you go to checkout. But go to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50. You're going to get incredible, great meals. Dietitian approved, chef prepared, they taste great, and they only take two minutes to prepare. In other words, you can be healthy without having to give up a lot of time. It's an incredible part of my new health regimen. Go say thank you to the folks at Factor Meals today. Factormeals.com slash JustNews50. Then use the JustNews50 promo code at checkout. You're going to get half off. All right. When we come back, William Ruger and the freest and least free states in America. You're going to like this list right when we come back for the messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. 
Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As you know, I've been talking a lot lately about the inverse relationship between the growth of government and personal freedom. Almost daily, people are reminded how they are less free, whether it's from COVID, whether from taxes, whether from government regulation. If you're a small business owner, you know exactly what I'm talking about right now. Well, our next guest has done something really, really fun. He has been working on the ability to rate states based on their commitment to freedom. Who are the, which are the least free states and which are the most free states when it comes to taxes, debt, regulation? Well, our next guest is going to answer that for us. I know you're waiting with bated breath because that's an interesting question. Joining us right now, William Ruger, president of the American Institute for Economic Research. Good to have you on, sir. Thanks for having me. So this is a really fun exercise, being able to put together a guide, basically, that tells us, hey, if you move to this state, your freedom is X. If you move to that state, your freedom is Y. It seems like it's probably long overdue, but in the moment we live in now, there's quite a bit of disparity, disparity right? This, I guess, a Cato product that came out, but uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, look, that's one of the reasons why we started doing this study, and we wanted to do it scientifically. So we set out to say, hey, what is freedom? How do we define it? And how are states doing? Not based on a kind of gut instinct, but based on real hard data. So we developed freedom in the 50 states. We look at 230 different policy items and basically, um, you know, let the chips fall where they were and uh, found out who was more free and who was less. When you're looking at, you know, basically the combination of fiscal policy, regulatory policy and personal freedom issues. Yeah. It's such an important set of ratings. And I think a lot of times we just took freedom for granted for so long. And then all, all of a sudden, maybe COVID, maybe before that, maybe during the Obama years, but certainly during COVID, we all woke up and say, hey, what happened to some of that freedom? What's going on here? And now I think there's a systemic way of really measuring it. And over time, measuring changes in either direction in the state. How important will that long-term model be when people look back? And I guess it can inform policy, right? It can inform people's decisions to move. A lot of people leaving California right now, there seems to be a long lens to this research in terms of driving future decisions. Yeah, I mean, we think it can help people, whether it's individuals who are planning on moving, let's say retiring, for example. A lot of people ask us, what is the best place to retire if you care about freedom? Uh, you also have businesses that look to these types of indicators to see where they might want to relocate, especially if they're trying to look at trends and where states are going or or not going in, in some cases in terms of, you know, a business climate that's uh, healthy for their businesses. Uh, it's also useful for legislators. I mean, we have legislative staff around the country that have asked us, like, hey, what can we do to do better? Um, and then, you know, there's also scholars who use this to, 
you know, try to model different types of things. Uh, we ourselves try to look at what relationship does freedom have to things like economic growth or the decision that people make to move between states. And so it's useful for a lot of different things. And we're, we're excited that people are finding it you know, useful because, again, we're not mere scholars. We want to help the everyman, I think, understand you know, the world around us. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not a, it's not a purely academic thing. It has a lot of pragmatism to it, and I think that's great. All right, so now we have our rankings. We have a general sense. Give us some of the worst states where your freedom is most least likely to be exercised. Well, um, you know, drum roll, please, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, the least free state is not a surprise, at least to us who have been paying attention, which is New York. New York is least free by a wide margin. I mean, the states below it, Hawaii, California, New Jersey, Oregon, you know, they're also doing poorly, but just New York is an entirely different story. Uh, in terms of the states that are doing best, you know, this is exciting to watch, especially to watch change over time. But, you know, this year, New Hampshire is, is number one. Uh, it's the freest state in the union, uh, followed closely behind by Florida, uh, but also South Dakota, Nevada, and Arizona. And one thing that's exciting for at least Granite Staters or people who are thinking about moving there is that New Hampshire had the highest score we've ever seen in our study. Uh, so things are actually getting better there, which is somewhat surprising, you might think, because you think like, look, there's a lot of uh, progressives that are from New Hampshire. You think about some of the uh, national level politicians from New Hampshire, uh, but actually it's done quite well, uh, you know, thanks to, I think, a really good slate legislature uh, state governors who have kept, I think, the freedom advantage that New Hampshire has generally observed. Yeah. Having spent many years there covering presidential campaigns in the primary season, there's a great pride in, in New Hampshire's sort of commitment to freedom and its ties rightly to the birth of our country. It's, it's really interesting to see how ingrained freedom is there. It's kind of amazing that the Big Apple, the place where so many of our corporate headquarters are, where so many of the signs of a free economy were born, New York City, Wall Street, that it itself has become the anti-freedom home. And I, I wonder long term, what does that do to the business innovation cycle, to the business planning cycle? It would seem to me that if you're a company trying to have success, you're going to want to flee a place that has high taxes, high regulation and high cost of living. Is New York and the, the great epicenter that New York City has become in danger of losing some of its shine with this regulatory crush? It is. I mean, and it's not just New York. It's also places like California, right? Like, think about all the natural advantages that these places have, either natural advantages like the ocean and the mountains in California, the weather, or the advantages that aren't so natural, I guess, in New York, but have been built up over time, right? One of the greatest cities in the world. But a lot of times these folks are living off that old capital, in effect. And uh, and in, in many ways, I think a place like New York is in decay. I mean, think about just the state as a whole, where they had the highest net out-migration rate in the country, meaning people who were there several years ago, 3.4% of them have left. And this follows a long period of decline. Just people are leaving the state. And a big part of that is because of the crushing tax burden that they face. You know, a state like New York has their state tax burden is higher than the state and local tax burden combined in a place like New Hampshire, and their overall tax burden is twice as much. And it's not just smaller places like New Hampshire. It's a lot higher than places like Florida. So it's not surprising to see people leaving New York and going to places like Florida or New Hampshire. 
Yeah, it is amazing. And it's funny, water does find the path of least resistance in business and in economy. You want to go to a place that doesn't restrain your ability to be successful. Do you see any sign that a place like New York, a place like New Jersey, a place like California is recognizing that maybe it has created this outflow because of its policies? Is there any buyer's remorse, any sense that, well, maybe we had to rethink where we've been going the last 10 or 20 years? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not sure. I mean, a part of the problem is that you have left-wing ideologues and concentrated uh, interest groups that both benefit from these approaches. Um, You know, think about an issue like rent control, right? Economists understand that rent control is bad. It prevents more housing being built. Uh, It incentivizes against that, and it incentivizes people against uh, making sure that the housing they do have is kept up to snuff. And you know, this is a case where you have, again, like an ideology um, and, uh, you know, some concentrated beneficiaries, right? The people who benefit, at least uh, in, a, in a narrow sense, from rent control. You know, that's just, the, you know, one case among many. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of New Yorkers suffer from that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. One that I didn't expect to show up in there, I guess I did know from as a reporter that it has a very liberal thing, but you kind of think of Hawaii as paradise. Uh, Hawaii ranked very badly. How come? Well, you know, Hawaii has, you know, a lot of the same types of problems we've seen. And and unfortunately, you know, again, like Hawaii is going to be more expensive in many ways, just given its, uh, you know, geographic location. Um, But it, it again has problems, right? So for example, um, you know, its state level taxes are quite high, uh, more than twice the national average. Local governments also tax a lot. They have too much government debt, so they don't do well in fiscal policy. And then you think about all kinds of other areas where they're poor. And again, you know, uh, you know, Hawaii has unique challenges based on its location. Uh, but look, you know, there are other places like Singapore that also face some unique challenges and yet prosper. And so I think that Hawaii's overall policy regime is problematic. You know, things like civil asset forfeiture, uh, things like, um, you know, the fact that a place like Hawaii doesn't have legal gambling. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's, uh, it's respect for gun rights are the worst in the country. You know, so, uh, again, it's not just one thing. And that's the thing about our study that I think people need to understand is that if there's one thing or another that you disagree with me and my co-author about in terms of whether it makes sense for freedom, the fact is, is we have 230 different policy areas we're looking at, and uh, none of them is worth so much that it would radically swing, uh, you know, the results. And so, uh, you know, we, f- we think that this is a pretty robust measure, uh, not just of, of economic freedom, but of freedom from paternalism, if you will, personal freedom. Yeah. It is remarkable. And it's, again, it's, it's so funny, the images we have of these growing up. And then when the reality sets in, people know, huh, that isn't quite what we thought it was. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. More of our exclusive interview with William Ruger right after these messages. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved Meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store. 
Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back. More of our exclusive interview with William Ruger. I want to turn to one of the dynamics in New York, particularly New York City, but really it's a statewide problem. And that is as taxpaying citizens flee because of the extraordinary suffocating burden and illegal immigrants are shipped in, you now have this incredible scenario where the solution to the imbalances that is created in the budget is that they're going to cut more police services, which are only going to make crime and other things worse, and drive more people out. It seems as though New York is in a downward spiral in the sense that the very things it's doing right now to deal with its shortfalls in budget, dealing with its illegal immigration, is actually going to make it even less desirable for people to live there because crime will go up without police. I think I even saw Cardi B was a pop culture figure yelling at the mayor today. It seems as though some of these places are actually trapped in their own sort of cycle of decline. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't want to write the obituary of New York City just yet. It's a, it's a, it's a place that has had so many, you know, um, kind of revamps, if you will. Um, but again, you know, you got to worry, right? Because you can get in some of these death spirals, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, where things like uh, crime or um, some of the other problems like crushing taxes force businesses or individuals to want to leave, which then means that they have to cut certain services that increase the desire to leave. You know, it is, it is a challenge, but New York City also has an amazing ability to reinvent itself. I, you know, we just think that, you know, New York, if New York, if Albany, right, if the state capital would change some of these policies, it would make it a lot easier and put fewer constraints in the way of a revitalization. Uh, And again, like New York should be the greatest city in the world in so many ways. Um, And yet it stymies itself repeatedly with some of these policies. Yeah, it is a head scratcher for sure. 
You serve this country. Obviously, we're grateful for that. As a veteran of the Afghan war, you won medals. You were nominated to be the U.S. ambassador to Afghanistan under President Trump. There is a sense in the country that not only a lot of the country is going in the wrong direction, but also that the call to serve is less desirable in an era where the Defense Department seems to be focused on things other than defense. Is this a, a moment of reflection for the Pentagon as well? Do you think they understand the challenges of getting incredibly talented and brave people like you to serve going forward with some of the changes that have been made? Well, you know, um, you know, I, I'm proud to have served my country. I continue to serve my country in, in the reserves. That's right. Um, but I would say that, you know, for a lot of people, they do worry about whether they should encourage, say, their children uh, to join. Um, you know, look, we we were engaged in the Middle East in these forever wars, uh, wars of choice in, for, in the most part. I mean, I, right. I, and I would exclude the war in Afghanistan after 9-11 because that was absolutely necessary given the attacks of 9-11. But wars like Iraq, our continuing presence in Syria, you know, these are things that, you know, President Trump understood, for example, and one of the reasons we got out of these places, we no longer needed to to make, to make sure that we were secure. And so I do think people worry about Will my children be sent to wars that don't make sense for the United States? That's one part of it. I think the kind of perception of wokeness uh, and, and look, you have seen this and it is a challenge. And particularly among patriotic Americans that, you know, don't think our country is systemically racist, that don't think that our country is fundamentally flawed. You know, we have our challenges. We always have to live up to the ideals of the Declaration, um, but they don't think that our country is fundamentally a bad place. And, you know, I think that when people tell you this, then you wonder, you know, I think some people wonder, why should I serve it? And I think that's terrible because I do think we're the greatest country on the planet. I think we had a lot of problems we need to solve. You know, people have a sense of decay in our communities, uh, but we need to revitalize ourselves. And one way to do that is to revitalize our respect for freedom, which was kind of part of the kind of core set of principles of our founders. And I'd like to get back to that. Yeah, I think many, most Americans do. It's funny, I know we have our political differences, but there seems to be growing agreement that we want to get back to a better spot where we used to be than where we are today. And I think when that happens, usually electoral change often follows after it. Now, that is interesting because last night there was quite an earthquake of electoral change in Argentina, where really an upstart politician swept into office over the career politician he was running against. Is there something to learn? First of all, describe the dynamic that led to this sort of remarkable election in Argentina. And is there anything for Americans to learn in what we just saw happen to the south of us? Yeah, you know, some commentators would have tried to say, like, oh, look what's going to happen to the Argentine economy now uh, with this guy. And I think they forget the fact that the reason why Argentina elected <laughs> this guy is because it's already crashing. Um, and at the American Institute for Economic Research, what I head up, one of the things we focus on is monetary economics. And that's a big challenge for Argentina, right? Massive inflation, not great for the economy. You also have a kind of corruption, a cronyism that is at the heart of a lot of the political economy of Argentina. And this is someone who I think is at least trying to say they want to stand up against this and want to, you know, change some of these approaches. Now, whether he'll be successful or not, you will see. You know, there's there's a lot of barriers to change, as we've seen with presidents in the past that have tried to change things. You know, we don't have to you know, even go down the road of the deep state to say, look, there are concentrated interests and bureaucrats together that will push back against this. I mean, that's public choice 101. 
But I hope that they're, the Argentinians have had enough because we're not even close to that bad. And I think a lot of Americans have had enough with our approach to the world. That's uh, true. Interest rates, it's amazing what's happened there. And I guess maybe it is a crystal ball to the future for us if we don't change our ways soon, because obviously we we deal with some of the same things, just not nearly as profound as the Argentinians did. As you look out into the next year, we got a big election about a year ago from this month. It's a couple of days past the one year date. But it seems to me that the country's mood is, I don't know, some say sour. I think it's determined. I think there's a determination to do something to shake up the current status quo. What are some of the signs? Because you measure, you're measuring sentiments, you're measuring the forces that drive political sentiment. What do you think are some of the undercurrents that this country will be dealing with when people cast their vote next November? Well, I've been thinking a lot about what I've called grocery store voters, right? People who over the last year or so have been going to the grocery store and continually seeing prices rise, seeing shrinkflation, uh, you know, seeing more of their pocketbook, uh, you know, being eroded by these high challenging prices. And they see that all the time, right? They're going to the grocery store and seeing that. And I think that that's going to weigh against the status quo. Um, now, again, who his, should get the blame? That's an interesting question. I mean, some of it has to do with President Biden and the legislature. A big part of it has to do with the Federal Reserve. Uh, some part of this is, you know, the legacy of COVID. But the fact is, is that, you know, these people, I think, are going to have have a say. And a lot of, you know, elections, uh, there's a significant number of people who are what is sometimes called low information voters, right? So people who maybe aren't as hip to the kind of policy agendas on the Hill week after week. And I think those people will be impacted by those signs, right? Like, how do they feel about the general state of the economy? What are they when they go to the grocery store? Are they as irritated as I am to see those price rises? So I think that that could be a big part. Now, again, it, you know, predicting uh, national elections are terribly difficult, especially a year out. <laughs> yeah, and, and very few people predicted President Trump was going to win. I mean, this is one of the things I've often said about American foreign policy, where this, the alleged smartest people in the country who look at elections couldn't predict Donald Trump. But somehow we're going to figure out how to resort and reshape another country. <laughs> I mean, that should give us pause about things like regime change and democracy promotion, if you ask me. That's a great point. It is. There's a lot of wisdom in that last statement. There's no doubt about it. William, for all the great work you're doing, how do fo people follow you at the American Institute for Economic Research? You guys do such great stuff. It isn't just this analysis. I mean, every day you have really important commentary research and I think lessons for the American people to grasp as they navigate these kind of turbulent times. Yeah, www.aier.org is a great place where you can see I have a fantastic team of scholars there that do this type of work. Um, then also at, uh, at uh, Will Ruger on Twitter. Um, but for the study, go to uh, freedominthe50states.org and, and play with it. Have some fun with it. It's a great tool for people to, I think, do a lot with no matter what type of, you know, whether you're a businessman or someone retiring or something like that. So those are some great places to look. But yeah, appreciate the shout out for American Institute for Economic Research. I think we're doing great stuff there. Uh, there's, there's amazing research. There was some uh, really fun stuff, folks. If you haven't had a chance, go check it out. It just came on today, but a really profound column there on 
how we can stop the cycle of badly serving our students. We keep producing students who can't graduate. And now the trend lines are in Oregon and other places. Well, we'll just pass students and give them a degree, even though they haven't qualified for any of the skill sets that would guarantee a degree. A really profound article on AIER.org. Go check that out. William, what a great honor to have you on. I can't wait to get you back on real soon. I want to wish you an early happy Thanksgiving as well. Yeah, thank you uh, as well. One of my favorite holidays, great American pastime, and hopefully everybody can celebrate with their loved ones. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, what, what makes it worth a while every, every year, really is. Sir, great time. Great to have you on. We'll be sure to check in soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Dustin News. A big thank you to Andy Biggs and to William Ruger, and also to my good friends at Factor Meals, who are going to give you half off this week. You want healthy, dietitian-approved, chef-prepared meals that are ready in two minutes. I, I'm not joking. They're done in two minutes. You pop it in the microwave, you're done in two minutes. Go to factormeals.com slash justnews50. They'll give you half off this week. Go check it out. All right, that wraps up today's edition. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon reports. Until then, God bless you and have a great evening. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.